Hey everybody, welcome to Darisha's podcast, Elite Mastery. I created this um, series of podcasts because I felt that um, there's lots of information out there to inspire and motivate individuals like myself and people that I work with uh, throughout the year and all the speeches and talks that I do. So throughout the month and throughout the year, I'll be interviewing people who are experts in their fields and I consider them as masters. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to another wonderful podcast of mine. Um, this time, I'm actually, I think it's my first Zoom podcast with a, a person I respect uh, tremendously. She has been, I'm proud to say that she approached me on LinkedIn. I qualified her out and three, three and a half months ago, I hired her as a, a business coach. And, you know, sometimes in life, uh, things appear in, in your life and you don't think you need it and it's just meant to be. The universe brings you together and she's been there uh, at times of need, at times of trouble and although she's been like 10,000 miles away from me, she's been my pillar uh, and my support. So uh, Caroline Langston, absolutely welcome to my podcast. Um, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot from you over the next hour or so. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate this and, and a great warm welcome as well. Thank you. I'm honoured. I'm really honoured. Now, people are looking at you now and they're thinking, well, she's too young to be a coach, right? So tell me, tell me a little bit, because they expect people who have old, old farts to be coaches like me. So <laughs> tell me uh, what brought you into uh, business coaching. You're an executive coach, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm an executive coach. So um, I, I came to this, I've been working with people making change and transition for the last, I would say the last 12 years now. Um, and previously, this was as an executive headhunter. So I've been really lucky enough to help some of the uh, most famous names in the world uh, work for companies, move into different companies, and then help them make that transition. And I love doing that, is helping people be their best as quickly as possible and grow into something new. Um, and then two years ago, I set up my business where I went into working with people full time at executive level, uh, executive coaching people, helping them make change, transition, and basically be the best they can be. Amazing. Now, your accent is obviously English, but you trade in Hong Kong. Tell me where about England. Uh, tell me a little bit about your background. Tell me how you ended up in Hong Kong. Love to know. Okay. So, uh, yes, I'm British. I, I've got a slightly southern accent. I have come from the south, but my home is really in Sheffield. So if I start talking to people from the north, then I start getting my northern twang back. Um, I've been in Hong Kong for five years. I had some friends out here and had the opportunity to come out here uh, with a company which was fantastic and I love them dearly, uh, Proco Global. If, you, if you're ever watching this, if I put it on my LinkedIn, then I'm sure they'll see it and they were a great company to work for. Um, but yeah, I decided to move on and, and, and take up this role. And Hong Kong has been a great place to do this, despite the fact we've had the protests and we've obviously had the COVID restrictions now. All my work has always been online and, and I coach online now across the world. I think setting up a business here and the openness and the warmth of the Hong Kong people has really, really helped very, very um, much. How is the outlook of the Hong Kong people towards the British now? Ah, well, towards the British, I think the Hong Kong people, 
it, it's kind of split. It really is. You know, you've got, I think the younger people, a lot of them are really um, driving towards democracy and continuing in that direction. But what we have to remember is that a lot of people here that, that came here originally from mainland China and will be China supporters as well. Um, so, so my job is to respect both sides. And as a coach, this is one of the things that we learn is we're completely unbiased um, completely non-judgmental mm -hmm. and uh, it's not that I don't have an opinion but with my clients I don't that is not my job my job is to be here be with you reflect back to you and help people get to where they're going to be or where mm -hmm. they want to be in life um, and help them work out that pathway to get there so and I work with a, such a variety of people here um, in Hong Kong local Hong Kong people mainland China I work with people in Dubai, uh, Philippines, Thailand, uh, Singapore, really across the world, and also obviously the USA and UK as well. So um, tell me, most of your clients, are they male or female? Oh, I've lost it. Oh, uh, you're back. Uh, it's completely split down the middle, interestingly enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, am I back? Did you're, you lose me? You're back. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, completely, completely split down the middle. Um, I suppose the one thing that most people have in common is they're high achievers. Okay, so I work with people that are already, I would say, reasonably successful uh, or quite successful, or they have very high potential. Um, so I work with individuals and I also work with corporate companies as well. So sometimes a company will bring me in with someone that they see has really high potential that they want to drive forwards really quickly. Um, so those are the kind of people that I, I probably work the most successfully with, but completely split down the middle, male and female at the moment. Um, how do you, when you're dealing with egos, especially men, how do you make yes. sure that they open up to you and they, they are honest with you? Um, tell me, how do you approach them? Because again, online, it's a little bit less personal than meeting somebody face to face. And often you approach them or the, their company has asked them to speak with you. Tell me. Yeah. Yes, that's interesting. I have worked with some people where the company has asked me to speak with them and there has been some resistance there to opening up and, and some people do have some resistance to opening up. Now ego, everybody's different. So how it's approached is completely different for every single person. My job here is to, um, I would say, reflect back to you what I'm hearing. And quite often when people speak, you don't really hear what you're saying. Now, when somebody actually repeats that back to you and says, okay, this is what you've just said to me. This is what I'm hearing. Is that right? Quite often, it's not exactly what that person means to say. Okay. And it involves an amount of reflection and introspection into themselves to get a deeper understanding of, did I really mean that? Is that what I really want? What do I really want moving forwards? And then my job is to help them get to that thing that they really want to be. Now, if that's to increase the size of their ego, and that's the goal, and they say, actually, yeah, that's what I want. I am that person. That's what serves me to get to where I want to be. Then that's my job to help them build on that if that's what they want, okay? However, if they start working with that, and it's not having the results they expect, then I reflect that back to them as well. Yes. Okay. Thank you. When you work with um, 
in sales, when, when I'm selling, I'm teaching sales, there's like five or six common issues like price, timing, decision-making process. Do you find that if you look at the executives that you coach, can you put them like in a bucket of five or six things that are common with most of us? Challenges that you, these are my I'm trying to think of, of what I've been working with. It's just so varied at the moment because you really don't know what's going to happen with COVID. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and people have had, I would say, making decisions about change, which are really difficult, has probably been a really common, a common topic at the moment. Um, and that has been completely varied. Wow. Okay. Um, and also helping managing people around them so that might be personal people around them or helping their their staff actually make that change and i actually work with a couple of people on pri private contracts but i'm helping them manage their senior level people through a change so kind of managing upwards as well and they've chosen to take me on and pay me themselves to actually help with that and yeah it's been amazing yeah yeah it's, it's teaching them how to manage their boss basically and how to manage that was, and it's been fantastic for them because it's just learning to listen and learning to speak to people in a different way so that you get a different result. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, you mentioned COVID. Um, have, have you seen um, the inquiries or the challenges change since February 2020? Uh, yeah. I take that as a yes. What's it? I guess. Change is can be painful, right? So is it that people don't like change or they fear change because they think it's going to be too painful and you help them to overcome that fears? How does it, how does it work? Yeah, it's been so interesting watching pe different people have different challenges. So some people have just loved this ability to be at home all the time and they've just jumped into it. They work remotely really, really well. They're loving it and they don't want to go back. Um, and that's one of the challenges I'm helping people with now is actually getting them back into the office. But then I've got other people, for example, uh, and I deal with a, a, a work with a global, global leader who 70% of the time was on the road and he's had his wings clipped and it's been a real challenge. And a lot of the, uh, the work that he's done was built on relationships and face-to-face -face relationships, not necessarily the meetings that somebody has, but those dinners, drinks, lunches, where you, you make that personal connection. So he's had to basically relearn. And there are lots of people that are in that position that were finding the, the change challenging, of course. And, uh, and they've had to com yeah, yeah. completely relearn, completely relearn at a global senior level, you know, how to interface with people in a different way. Yeah, it's been fascinating. So how do you think the future, is the future going to change? We're going to have the vaccine soon. It's going to be, I guess, forced upon us. So how do you see the future changing when it comes to the corporate world and senior? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. So I, I, I've got one uh, corporate company that I work with. Um, I work with the CEO and his team. And um, they have, they're going to reduce travel significantly um, just because... They've realized they don't need it. But at the same time, the interesting thing is, I'm like, how's that going to affect the relationships between those people in the offices? So um, I think it's going to change things. I don't think we're going to see as much travel. I think we're going to have to adapt 
to how we build relationships online if we're not going to allow our people to travel. And I'm interested to see how that dynamic is going to change within businesses going forward. And how, so for example, we only have meetings, you know, so we only go online to have meetings. What about those times, like I said before, when you had a coffee or you met in the lift or you met by the water cooler and had that interaction and that conversation? We're going to have to try and recreate that somehow, I think, online if you're not going to allow people to travel quite so much. It's kind of been forced upon us, hasn't it? It wasn't a gradual change. So adjustment's going to be difficult, but human interaction has been going on for 100,000 years, right? So to get something out of our system within six months can be quite uh, quite challenging, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it has. And there, there are two trains of thought with this, with different businesses, different people. You know, some people are really pushing for the online piece and really driving that forwards. And others really aren't so keen and really want to continue with this human interaction and some of them just cannot wait to get on a plane again i know that i can't wait to get on a plane again and go somewhere yeah <laughs> me too it's funny actually because i keep looking at it. I've, I've over the last six months i've traveled seven or eight trips so emirates airlines owes me a fortune in credits so. Ah, yeah so yeah so you guys are still yeah you guys are still traveling aren't you Yes. So, uh, yeah, we, we still have a two, yeah, we've got two week quarantine here still. So, um, because I've got clients that I need to actually um, visit, it's uh, a challenge for me because um, I, I just can't travel. I'd have to go and visit my clients afterwards or, or put them on hold for a couple of weeks because some of them are quite important. So has your business picked up or any change in your business? I would say... No, I mean, it's, this hasn't changed it. I mean, I work online anyway. There are some clients that I met in person that go online. There are still a couple in Hong Kong, which I meet in person. Um, because I work globally, I would say, and I always have done, it's not really, COVID didn't really change that much for me. I've been quite you, yeah, but it makes you more efficient, I guess, doesn't it? Because you're not traveling by car or plane. You're saving time and getting on with it. But again, it's a human interaction. Tell me, um, most executives you work with, truthfully, don't tell me names, are they happy, really happy? Because people are watching now who are aspiring, budding entrepreneurs or they want to be wealthy and successful, but their parenting has told them that money doesn't go on trees, rich people are not happy people. I know I've been going through some challenging times recently, but overall, are, are the executives truly happy? I think it's a variable a variable mixed bag of people I would say that most people are happy when they start coaching because what you're doing when you decide to engage with an executive coach is you're saying I want to make a change mm -hmm. I want to make a change and I, I suppose my tagline is I help you to be successful and happy in your career and your life okay because they're both so intricately interlinked mm -hmm. when you start making that move towards executive coaching and start making that decision you are saying i want to make a change towards happiness and success in my life and career um and my job is to help you on that pathway so maybe not so much when i first meet people but yes. certainly when it comes to the end of a, a six session course or some people are a little bit longer then I would say that they're definitely in a different place to the place that they started yeah, with me I definitely uh, say that because we started on an agenda we end up somewhere else and 
because um, it happens in life and, and you were flexible enough to, to, to help me out and I really, really respect that and I felt it was unconditional and uh, for the rest of my life I owe you, I feel. Although I paid you, I still owe you. So, <laughs> Thank <let's>, you. <laughs> No, I really, I really appreciate that. It's great, great feedback, and I, I really, really appreciate it. And I, I love, I truly love what I do, and I truly want to be with my clients and the people that I work with throughout this journey. It's an honor for me to be part of that and see that happening. And that's, I can't even explain how, how great that is for me to have at the end of that. And it's hard work for you. Harder work for for you and the and the people than me, I think. To to be absolutely honest, but I feel honoured to be on that journey with you and Amazing. to help you make that transition. Amazing. Do you find it like do you do client back to back, or do you find like you you look after a client like somebody like me for an hour, and then afterwards you need a cup of coffee, you need to sleep, you're drained. How do you feel afterwards? Do you because you're constantly giving, aren't you, or listening to people's energies? Yeah, no, I don't feel tired at all. Um, I, I just really don't. In fact, it's the one time when it completely energizes me. I don't have any focus on myself or what I'm doing. My complete focus is on you and the client and your agenda and where you want to go next. And for me, I'm one of the few people that just doesn't find that exhausting. I, I, I coached 40 MBA students in a week. <laughs> um, and I was doing them pretty much back to back with just 15 minutes in between. And actually they were all so different and they all had such different energy. It was actually quite exciting to do it. Um, it was almost like speed coaching, I suppose. But it was, it was kind of interesting. Um, and I think I draw energy from the people around me and the people that I work with. So no, I don't feel exhausted or need a cup of tea yeah. or anything. Yeah, yeah. Tea's always and I, and I felt it because when it came to like 59 minutes, you're not looking at your watch saying, right, we've got to get rid of this guy. I really felt that you were there for me. So uh, I appreciate it. Um, when you first started two years ago, nobody knew of you as a, as a coach, right? So um, the budding coaches out there and entrepreneurs who want to start and nobody knows about the product services, about anything. How did you start and how, what advice would you give them um, that say they want to start a business and they want a coach like you advising them what to do? I actually work with a lot of founders and entrepreneurs as well. Okay. Um, so because I've been through this and I've done this myself. So I would say it's all about relationships. It's all about building relationships. And at the moment it's online relationships. So there's the initial reaching out to people, um, getting to know them. And I always say, be curious, be compassionate and be kind read profiles if you're sending a message on linkedin make it personal let them know that you've read their profile and you have to be really tenacious you know um, i'm i'm quite different from other coaches who come from learning and development or come from different backgrounds i'm actually um focus driven target driven i worked in executive uh headhunting and i was a business developer as well so i would say the thing that people um need to remember is is to be tenacious and just keep going. Okay, and I don't like the term don't give up because it's got the words give up in it. Yeah. Keep going, keep yeah. forwards. Yeah, have the drive and have the vision as well. There, there's a real vision and the people that I work with that are truly successful have this real vision. They, they, they have a direction and if they don't, then I help them see what that is. Yes. And help them towards that. Yeah, for sure.
So uh, you're self-employed. So you set yourself targets. You give yourself targets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even now, even now, I have to do that. So I give myself a task or several tasks that I have to do by the end of the day. So today I had to make a video by the end of the day. So um, it, it involved a load of editing. I love doing creative stuff as well. Or for example, I'm like, right, I have to get up tomorrow morning and I have to write this article before nine o'clock so that it can, it can be posted or- So you're yeah, I, yeah. you have to, You have to be disciplined. Absolutely, yeah, I'm an early riser. Yeah, I'm, I'm similar to you. I know you're an early riser as well. I am, I, I'm gen <laughs> generally up at five. I go for a hike first thing in the morning. Um, I don't look at my phone anymore in the morning. I wake up, get up, go out for a hike for at least an hour, I go out for a walk, reset myself and then come in and then I'm just gone for the day. Um, and quite often I'm working till quite late, yeah. So what's quite late for you? What are your normal work? Uh, well, it depends because I work in the US as well. So um, if the US is coming online at nine, then sometimes I work into quite late. I try not to. I try not to. Um, but sometimes I do. And to be honest, it's, I, I, you know, I talk to people for a living. I help them achieve their dreams and their goals. You know, it doesn't get much better than that, than doing that for a job. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's not like work. Absolutely. Amazing. So do you have like personal goals? I know you have business goals. Do you, I find that if you attach, if it's just solely business goals, you don't get passionate about it. But if you ultimately attach those business goals towards personal goals, it becomes more inspiring. There's a, there's a pull and there's a push. Do you have personal goals? Like for instance, I want to move home. I want to do this traveling. I want to achieve things. Um. Do you know what? Interestingly enough, not really. I, I, I have some personal, yeah, yeah. I kind of, I'm just going with the flow for myself at the moment. Okay. Yeah. I, do you know what? I would say my business goal is to build the business, but because that is, it's, I know it sounds, might sound a bit sad to you, but um, I love what I'm, I do. This is kind of part of my life. And I remember about, so I'll tell you this story. This is great. And, and this is for anybody that's got a dream out there. About three years ago, I was in my office working at my company and I spent too much time on the phone with all my candidates because when I was a recruiter, because I like to understand what they want to achieve. And even if they're not right for my job, then I drive them forwards. And I said, do you know what I would love? I wish I could just be on the phone all day, every day and just talk to people about their goals and how they're going to achieve them and work out how they're going to get there. And three years later, I'm doing exactly that for my job. Wow, you okay. that, yeah, that's as good as it gets. Do you know what? I'm happy in my home. I love where I live. I like to travel. Okay, so that's one thing. One of my goals that I would like to do is travel a lot more. That just stopped at the beginning of this year, yeah. which was which was a nightmare. So I would say I, an ambition of mine is to travel more often and go yeah. to more places. Now again, I was just just at the start of that. Um, but mine are primarily business goals and mine is to grow the business. I also have a nonprofit called Recruiters Give Back and I'm going through Section 88 for charitable status for that. My ambition there is to get that Section 88. Then I can start raising money uh, because more people will get tax relief and then I can hire someone to go into that business. I would say that's probably one of my ambitions. So Personally, would you like to bring the clock forward five years? Are you... Okay large business or are you still self-employed with a couple of people towards your uh, foundation? How, how, where, where is Caroline then five years down the line? 
I think five years down the line, I've got um, four businesses at the moment that I'm I'm playing with. Two, one's just taking off. One is the coaching one, which has been around for a while, which is kind of funding the others. I have the nonprofit. I would say if I could do this part-time, do the nonprofit, the other part of the time with a fairly big team that's growing that nonprofit, mm-hmm. and all we do is help unemployed people. So it's, it's a uh, nonprofit that helps coach unemployed people for free um, and gives away lots of resources. So if I could do that full time in a bigger, on a bigger scale, that would be my ambition. And, and to hit more countries with that, because I think we're in around, uh, I think we're in 14 countries now, but it's not enough. For example, someone said, why aren't you in Canada? Why, why, why aren't you in India yet? And I was like, well, I, I only have so many hours in the day, but once I get this funding, then I can actually grow that out. Where are you going for funding? Where are you going for funding? I've already been offered funding, but until I've got Section 88, the companies aren't, um, and in Hong Kong, it takes a long time. It takes around six months, and we've just had... Uh, yeah. we've got, what is it? Yeah, it's, um, so basically, you have to put in a proposal uh, with the Hong Kong government um, for charitable status. So we've got some really lovely lawyers, uh, May Brown, they're quite famous. Um, and they've done our articles for us. We've just had the Hong Kong government come back with a query. So we're just sending it back in. It's been around, I think it's been four months now. So we've probably got another two or three months. Then I'll get the bank account opened and then we'll start taking funding. But we've had offers from people who've used us already and, and got a job. So um, that's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but I've had to let that take a little bit of a backseat because the coaching is now really dry. Yeah, and yeah, so I've got an assistant and, and they're helping me out, but it's just it's kind of growing. With a coaching, it always has to be you, doesn't it? Nobody else can coach anybody. You can't train others to yeah. coach. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And, and that's what I want to grow out as well. I actually have a partner in New York as well, so I will say that. Patrick, if you're watching, I'll send it to Patrick as well. Oh. I, actually, Patrick was my uh, candidate when I was a recruiter. He was a candidate, then he was my client. He was the global vice president for Pandora Jewelry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my he's my coaching partner for successful consultants in New York. He owes you forever. I'm just, oh, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> tell me what's what's your thoughts about money? If you could, if I asked you, tell me what's money. Name me three words. Were you the feelings you associate with money as a coach? Uh, necessary. <laughs> um. Three words that I associate with money. Okay, necessary is one of them. Um, Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, You're struggling. I'm struggling with it. Yeah, I don't really think about it that much, to be honest. Just necessary to do the things that I need to do. Um, fun, yeah. It's, it's fun to have a bit of money to go and do things, I suppose. Uh, third word? Handbag? like a handbag <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah oh please yeah you're a lady you need plural okay <laughs> what i find is that with most um, entrepreneurs and even my people they avoid talking money and when you run a business it's really important that to know that you're, you're in the money business right otherwise you're never gonna enough you're never gonna get paid you're gonna avoid talking about money you're probably gonna eat that's why 80 percent of businesses go bust and if you avoid, it doesn't mean you have to put your values aside. You can see to your and still charge what you're worth and, and prosper. Okay, because mm-hmm. 
I talk money, I know that the rent gets paid, my staff salaries get paid, their families put food on the table. So what I would like to urge with listeners is that don't worry about uh, talking money. Money is energy. And if you're a good person, you will always do good with money. If you're a bad person, you'll do bad with money. Money doesn't change you, it just gives you choices. It does, yeah. Actually, yes, you're right, yeah. And it will come. And and here's the interesting thing. If you, and I work, I've worked with people on this, is really, if you have this real striven goal, yeah. and you're going towards that, the money will come eventually. You'll find a way. People find a way. And it, it, it's interesting. If it's the right thing and you really want it, and I kind of have a model that I use for this. So is it attainable? It's called the art model. Is it attainable? Is it relevant? Does the world need it? And do you have resources? And do you have time to do what you need to do? And if what? you have all of those things, then eventually you will get that. You'll make the money. The money will come. Yeah. Thank you. That's really good. Um, do you find that your executives because i find it very, because i'm an optimist and entrepreneurs tend to be optimists they see opportunity everywhere i find it very difficult to say no do you have uh, coaches and executives that you coach who said yes and got themselves in trouble and they're like they felt that somebody caught them off guard or are they all hard business thinking person who find it easy to say no I don't have that many people that would find it difficult to say no, uh, I don't think. Wow. Yeah, I think wow. they're all pretty, I think I'm going to be coaching one um, that might be in that position. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, but that will be my job to work out whether or not that's the case and, and with him or for him to work out if that's the case for him uh, and work out if that's the way he wants to be, if he wants to make a change. Um, but I would say not too many of them, yeah, especially at the moment. They're pretty good. Yeah. 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 I think get emotionally attached to a decision, you can, you can regret it, but hearing most of your high executives have that ability not to get emotionally attached. They make a black and white decision, right? And it's easy to say no when it's a black and white decision. Um, I would say the best executives are very good at gray as well. Mm. So it, it, it's less black and white and more the ability to see when there might be gray and then it doesn't have to be a yes or no. There's always another way. There might Interesting. Be Interesting. Tell me, if I, uh, what's the most common reason people come to you? How long does it take them to, for, you, for you to help them and for them to see change? And is it a long-lasting change or do they come back to you on a regular basis? There's about seven questions here. That's okay. <laughs> We call that stacking questions. In okay, I've stacked them up. <laughs> um, okay, so um, the first question is what do they normally come for? Um, it's, it's really varied, but people who come to me, they want to change something. There is something that they want to move towards. Now, some people have quite a clear goal. I want to do this and I need to know how to get there. Or I've always wanted to do this and I've never done it and I don't know why, how do I get there? Um, or sometimes they don't know what they want. They just know that something has to change. Something has to change. And I help them find out what that's gonna be. And in that moment of choice, how they move towards that goal. So that's the first question. Um, how long it takes? Um, I'm pretty good. So uh, I will say that I'm pretty good at what I do. Um, 
So most people will start seeing adaptive and adaptive or internal changes in themselves, usually around four to six sessions. Okay. There will be a, an ability for people to start seeing change within themselves and self-coach start working on themselves okay because that's the thing about a coach you shouldn't be dependent on a coach you shouldn't need to go unless you want to and some people want to come every week but what i'll give you is enough for you to move forwards and start moving forwards yourself and will it be permanent that's up to you okay so you have that ability to make it permanent um, and one of the things Oh, sorry, continue, please. I apologize. One of the things I was going to say is we say practice makes permanent. So as you, may, as you know, I'm an action-focused coach. There's normally a list of actions to carry out in between. And the more you practice those, and the more you work on those, the more likely it is that what fires together, wires together in your brain, and you will make a permanent change. Oh, amazing. So do you make your clients accountable? Yes. Tell me. Well, they make themselves accountable. So there's normally an action plan. There's normally something to carry out in between the sessions because it's like a sports coach. You can't just turn up to track session and expect to get really fit. Um, you have to do the work in between and really think about the work in between. Um, and then if you come back and you haven't done it or there's something that hasn't happened, then I'm going to ask why. Or I'm going to make that observation, but it's up to you to change it. Yeah, I you asked me because I, I failed due to some personal circumstances and then you asked me the question why but you didn't make me feel uncomfortable you made me reflect because you know you didn't treat me like a naughty child so I really appreciate that also <laughs> no really not appreciate that. Um, a couple of questions if you don't mind has it has it been by the way till now nice and smooth yeah what this session yeah oh it's been great I've loved it it's yeah great. absolutely uh, Coaching is a crowded marketplace, okay? Oh, yeah. Let's say I was coaching you as a sales and marketeer, and I asked you, tell me three things that differentiate you from other coaches in the marketplace. What would they be? Okay, I, I'm target-driven and I've been focus-driven, okay? But I also have a great deal of empathy as well. And I think I'm one of the few coaches that works on driving to target but at the same time, having that empathetic slant for that quality of life for you as well. So that's going to be the first area. The second area is I'm just, I'm one of the very few who's been an executive headhunter in the market. Um, there are lots of recruiters that work within companies from HR, but I've worked with thousands of different people in hundreds of different companies. So I have a really good understanding of different structures within different companies yes. so i think that's actually yeah it's actually really unique um the third thing that i would say makes me unique is i have been online for like literally 10 years i was one of the first because i was working globally and regionally um so this is actually really comfortable for me and you said you felt very comfortable with me despite the fact yeah. that it's online um, it, it's, I think it's because I've been doing this for a long time. It's kind of interesting because um, I always had to explain to my candidates how to use Zoom or my clients how to use Zoom and do a test before. Now everybody uses it, which is great because I don't have the hiccups that we used to have. So I would say that's the other thing is I have the ability to build a relationship online with somebody quite easily. So well, I vouch for it. I vouch for it. You've been absolutely outstanding and it's been my honor to know you 
and um, the decision to work with you was is incredible. From the bottom of my heart, I, I thank you. I recommend you to all my listeners. And this is going to go uh, live on Instagram, uh, on uh, Facebook, on my YouTube. We're going to send you the link to promote it. And, of course, LinkedIn. It'll be heavily promoted. And I can't thank you enough. I can't promote you enough. And you can use me as a testimonial anytime at all. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's been great working with you. Absolutely fantastic. I don't, I don't say this to many people, but you know what? I always say, well, here's an introduction, but not a recommendation. But I thoroughly recommend you, and um, it'd, be, it'd be my honor to do so. Uh, and I thank you so much for your time. I really do, Caroline. It's been a pleasure, but it's certainly not goodbye. Okay? We're going to work Good. together. As circumstances change and my goals change, I would love to work with you again. And um, what's your plan for the rest of the day? It's quite late there now, well, right? Yeah, so I'm actually going to sign off uh, after this. So I'm going to chill out this evening. I've had a couple of kind of late nights, so um, I'm going to get an early night tonight and tomorrow night. Um, so yeah, just relax. Is exercise important? <sighs> yeah, there's there's been loads of new research about exercise. Um, actually, I've got the website, The Science of Coaching, and exercise is so important, even more so than we thought. So um, they've been doing, um, because we can do MRI scans so much more easily now, um, they, <clears throat> they looked at the effects and they've been measuring the effects of exercise on the brain. Um, and the research has shown that, first of all, if you just do 10 minutes of exercise, it increases cognitive um, ability hugely. They did tests in school children just walking to school and the ability for problem solving was massively bigger, especially in kids with learning difficulties. Wow. The other thing that they've recently discovered is it actually delays the onset of degenerative brain disease like Alzheimer's. So it has quite a significant effect. Um, so I think that exercise is one of the most important things. Um, I, I suggest that I'm trying to implement this in with people is you know, if you're feeling de-energized, if you're feeling tired, or if you're feeling like you've got some kind of blob, get up and move, try and move around. Um, they, they, did a they did research, even just arm swinging, just like doing that made a difference for people's cognitive ability. Maybe huh. not in the office, but yeah. I think it's you find important. most of your clients exercise or they need to be pushed? No, most of them exercise actually. There's very few, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So exercise. Yeah common amongst top executives absolutely yeah completely the, the interesting thing is actually i did a i think it was a linkedin post a while ago about the, the the top achievers in the world and um they get up early they exercise first thing in the morning they drink water they eat breakfast these are all things that top achievers do um, yeah and i guess they read books they learn they read yeah do, do you know what the the like yourself, and, and I'll say this, the top achievers have coaches. I have a coach um, and, and the top achievers in the world continue that professional development throughout their lives. They're always learning, always I mean, learning. I agree, I think Tiger was at the peak of his career, he had eight coaches, you know, yeah. for acting, mental, physical, he had a coach for everything. Absolutely, absolutely. I had three at one point, all working on different areas just to drive me forward. And the thing is, you know, when you're coached by someone, you learn so much. And then you can impart that knowledge 
onto other people, like your, your staff, your people that you work with, your colleagues, you know? Yes. So it, it's so important to continue that learning um, throughout, throughout your life. It really is. Yes, amazing, amazing. I never cease to learn from you. Thank you so much. Is there any um, motivational quotes or anything you want to tell our listeners uh, to help them with their life, with the business life, with happiness. If there's a parting word you'd like to give to our listeners, what would that be? Oh, apart from Yoda's do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes. The, the, the word try is interesting. Actually, that might be something to notice. Notice when you start using words like try, should, or could, why are you using them? So be aware of blog. Be aware of your dialogue, yeah. I think uh, uh, if you're going to try something, is that implying that you think fail? Ah, you don't try. I would say be aware when you have a moment of choice, okay? And when something is not going so well or not going in the direction you want it to, think carefully about what you have control over, what you can control, what you can't control and then focus on that thing that you can control and work out what you need to do just to take one step forwards, one small step to make yourself feel differently. And I don't use the word better so much. I use differently because I just use better, but make yourself feel different. What is that one thing that you can do in that moment to move one step forward? I'd say that's probably one of the better questions to ask yourself. Powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Well, this concludes our little chat, our fireside chat. Thank you for the time. Have the most amazing evening off and I'll speak to you very soon. We will let you know um, when it's ready to go, the podcast, and you can approve it. Once approved, we'll go live. Now, meanwhile, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how how can they do? Uh, yeah, so I have a website and an email address. How, can I give that to you? Can you post it or share it? Yeah. So if you actually just Google Caroline Langston Hong Kong on the top search, or if you Google Successful Consultants Limited, it's the top search in Google. Um, so you can find me by that and then just connect with me on LinkedIn or send me a message. If you let me know you see me on this podcast, then that will be great and I'll come straight back to you. I will anyway, but even so. Done. If you do get any things from me, just let me know, okay? You'll make me have I'm not Yeah, of course I will. <laughs> just let me know. <laughs> I'll be WhatsApping you straight away going, hey, thanks. Please do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank, Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. You okay. too. Very soon. Bye. Take care. Thank you. Bye.